You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. So this is interestingly timed, seeing as a couple of billionaires have shot themselves into space in their definitely not overcompensating giant dick rockets, all with the conversation of space travel and the eventual colonization of Mars, which is the setting for the film we'll be discussing today. Well, all the people in the film are watching going to be billionaires. Will billionaires colonize <laughs> Mars? Somehow I doubt it. Well, there's the thing. People talk about colonizing Mars like it's going to be easy, but people talk like, Oh, we're, we're, you, me, right now, we are going to be chilling on Mars in our lifetime. But that's just silly because there's going to be poor bastards sent out there to likely die. And then there are going to be people who manage to live but barely survive. And then those that do make a home there are definitely going to be trying to kill each other to continue to survive. And then once all that's said and done, then the rich assholes get to go there and live comfortably. So I don't know. People say it's going to be hard to terraform Mars, but I'm looking at the rate that we're making the atmosphere of this planet thicker and hotter. And I think all we have to do is get the American consumer up there. Yes. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing. We're, we're trying to destroy this planet enough so we have no choice but to learn how to create oxygen, which we will then use to colonize Mars and terraform that. Such is the case in Settlers which is about that hundred years from now future where a small family in a lonely outpost on Mars is attacked by bandits. Jerry, great bandit name, the leader of the bandits, lays claim to the outpost and he attempts to integrate himself into the family, demanding 30 days to prove himself. And we see all this through the perspective of the daughter of the family, Remy. It's a frontier film set 237 million miles away, but where humans live, human fear and danger will always follow. Settlers is written and directed by Wyatt Rockefeller. Speaking of rich people, probably not related, or maybe he is related. Anyway, starring Sofia Butella, Ismail Cruz Cordova, Brooklyn Prince, Neil Tiger Free, and Johnny Lee Miller. I am TC DeWitt with the Screener Squad, and I am joined under our very own Biosphere with Tessa. Yellow. And by Matt. Hello. Well, Squad, what do we think about Settlers? Oh, boy. So many things. <laughs> so they don't really tell us a lot about what's going on outside of their dome. We don't really get a whole lot of exposition which i kind of like mm-hmm. they they leave it pretty much open to interpretation of how they got to this point slight info drops that there might be some sort of war between mars and earth sure that that resulted in 
Earth, people from Earth not being a good thing, which, you know, let a little on the nose for the sci-fi metaphor. I thought the the acting was quite good. Younger Remy, played by Brooklyn Prince, she's quite good. Mm-hmm. She was actually won a Critics' Choice Movie Award for her role in The Florida Project. She's a very oh, good child actress. From. Yeah. I didn't look it up. I looked up the director, and obviously I know Sophia Batella and Johnny Lee Miller, but I couldn't put my finger on where I'd seen her before. She is very good. Yeah. she When she's pissed, like, she really uh lets it shine i was like wow i'm I'm feeling like young child rage right now she was in the most recent of like umpteen adaptions of the turning of the screw oh, oh certainly with finn wolfhart yeah a movie where all the performances were good but the movie was strange and here she is in another one of those <laughs> i thought the sets all looked really good and the location apparently it's uk made film but they filmed this in south africa i wondered what the locations were as i was watching it yeah, me- because we've certainly seen the desert in america especially California, Death Valley, used very frequently in sci-fi to represent alien planets or what have you. But nothing in this looked familiar. So it was doing that quick little search on production information to find that, they, yeah, they filmed this in, they found a wonderful desert spot to build the very practical, very cool-looking set that they filmed the entire thing on. They filmed it in um, South Africa, which mm-hmm. is the south part of Africa, and also, ironically, the south of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> very well very well named i uh yeah i i tried to find it on the imdb and i couldn't find it anywhere so i just watched the credits all the way through and was like aha there we are <laughs> so yeah the sets and the interiors look good sometimes it's really hard to build like a sci-fi interior and not be like oh i know what that paneling is or what that's made out mm-hmm. of or what kind of vacuum formed you know mold that's readily available for like packaging or something i don't know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it had kind of that dirtbag sci-fi look we see in like alien yeah yeah it's quite good. i noticed like two-thirds of the way through it it hit me that there's nothing in it to date it one way or the other because there's nothing in it that has a screen or a readout yes they have no digital stuff which is rare in sci-fi to not do the holographic display or the clear-coated screen that you're tapping and dials on these are terraformers they don't need that no lasers it was all bullets. I like to think they're just space hipsters that they're like, we don't even own a holograph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So also the costuming was good. I liked the nice touch that it looked like Remy was wearing her father's like flight cap or something. Mm-hmm. And then the SFX were also very good. I like the robot they had. The robot was well done. Oh, gosh. Steve? Steve the robot. He's right up there with the robot from Interstellar, which was a great practical cube like robot as well that had a lot of personality was he practical oh you're talking about steve the robot or yeah steve i think he's cg mostly mostly cg when he's moving but when she's interacting with him like when she's fixing him up when remy is rebuilding him and and very tactilely touching him or whatnot they had a nice practical prop to use in that he reminded me of some of the robots from tales from the loop or like the animated ghost in the shell uh, a little bit of Wally thrown in there, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like an amalgamation of a bunch of different robots, you know. I think he had the best of a lot of different parts. That goes to the whole of this movie because there's a lot of nice touches from a lot of different parts. Matt, you mentioned Alien. I think this has an Alien, Aliens vibe in the middle section when Sofia Batella and the Remy character are sort of surviving together under the dire circumstances they've been put in had touches of Ripley and Newt 
without ever getting explosion action movie because this movie never devolves into that it's very just, heady, just the beginning quiet sci-fi yeah. my criticism of this is the same criticism i had of ex machina which i was one of the few people that said anything negative about it this has a little flaw where it could like arguably it's you could say it's a good thing right but there's literally nothing about this story that requires its trappings. Mm, mm -hmm. This could absolutely just take place with like two fur traders in the French Indian war. That's what I said about ex machina is this could just be a movie where a woman's evil uncle locks her up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This movie certainly (laughs) reminded me of the frontier Western movies that my grandfather loved. I would see all the time going over to his place, the TCM Glenn Ford cowboy movies, not the action-packed, grittier ones that you get from Sergio Leone, but the more quiet, wide vistas, a farmhand meets a settler out in the middle of nowhere and they have to survive against a couple of angry Native American Indians. I definitely would want to give people a heads up for, like, trigger warning for, you know, sexual assault for this film and animals potentially getting Mm -hmm. hurt. So anyways, but besides that, I mean... It's hard to talk too much about this because don't you don't want to get too much away. It's I suppose this this is something Matt and I discussed before we started recording here that we're going to have to mention that this is generational. So there are mm-hmm. two actresses that actually play the main character, Remy. We get mm-hmm. to see her about 10 years old and we get to see her about 10 years older than that. So there is a passage of time that changes the cast and this is chaptered Four times with the four main characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's four of them total. I, I thought it was only three chapters. I thought it was Reza, Ilsa, and That's Jerry. probably right. I'm I'm just mistaking myself. Oh, I meant how many people were there in the cast. There's, there's Oh, yeah. There's just four of them. But. <clears throat> there were some scavengers. And Steve the Robot. And Steve the Robots, yeah. But it's hard to talk too much about this because of the plot details. It gets itself spoilery almost immediately. And I'd hate to spoil that. I hate to do that to people who might be interested. They do one thing that really, um, and I I know it's a movie. It's like, how come they take their helmets off? Because Mm -hmm. it has actors in it and you you need to see their faces. Mm -hmm. But they did a thing that drives me nuts is when they have a hard bitten frontier movie. And like every single person in it is like a nine plus model, <laughs> right? They're all clean like, and attractive. Like they're they're it's literally the prettiest four people they could find mm-hmm. to be. There. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you have to pass some sort of rigorous tests to even be sent up there to terraform. You have to be in pretty good shape. So I, I guess that's just how it pans out. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know how how attractive are astronauts. If we go down the list of all astronauts, Let's are they bring all up that Wikipedia <laughs> nines and tens? We sit here and rate astronauts and just be those people. I always thought the most accurate astronaut ever cast. What's his name? The guy that's like a, a built Steve Buscemi that's in Armageddon. I mean, Steve Buscemi's Buscemi? in Armageddon. <laughs> no, the the guy that works for the government. Um, his, what's his real name? Is Steve something or other? Buscemi. <laughs> He's not built. <laughs> it's a character actor. Could be, I guess. Now it's killing me. Well, well, Matt frantically googles. I'll say this about Settlers. This is a very interesting movie in that it's slow and it's a character study. But specifically, it's a character study of this little girl surviving in the frontier. While Sophia Batella is being billed at the top here, Johnny Lee Miller's in this as well. It's her and this fellow I've never even seen before who plays Jerry, 
who are the crux of this entire film and the additional characters, what few there are, are supporting them in their journey, but mostly Remy's perspective and Remy's journey. And to see a little girl handle that so well, a young, a child actor handle that so well, I was impressed by, by that performance. That was good. I liked the setup. Like basically the plot is who gets to Homestead here and, and they muddy it up nicely and go, well, more than one person has a claim on it. Mm -hmm. And that's handled in a cool way. But then that gets us into the bad column, which is like they kind of fumble that ball eventually. Yeah, it starts to drag. And it's not for lack of trying because there are some interesting twists and turns along the way. But as the movie starts playing out, uh, by the second half, our Remy barely has any dialogue. Yeah. Uh, for reasons that are her own. And a credit to that actress who who the baton is handed off to to perform so emotive. But it does begin to drag as it's approaching its conclusion. I was going to agree with Matt. It would have been nice if they would have picked up a bit more on the whole, like, other people have lived here and kind of maybe explain, like, the, maybe the daughter realizing, like, how her family came to be there and... I felt like they didn't explore some of that. Like, they should have. Like... For 90 minutes, it feels long. Yeah. And what I think this might have made would be a fantastic Black Mirror episode, which tend to last about 45 minutes. I think yeah. tightening up all the ideas and exploring it a bit more of a pace to it would have benefited this movie in its long run. That, and then they just ultimately take all the tension they've made and they just fumble it with something very there's a very unambiguous heel turn in it that kind of ruins mm -hmm. everything they built. Yeah. Which Tessa sort of hinted at with the trigger warnings that happen. Yeah. There's a couple points in this movie that are certainly uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I can't quite get the feel of your final thoughts on this. If you guys liked it or were disappointed by it. So why don't we move towards wrapping up? And give me a sense here. Let the listeners know if they should see this, if they should skip it. Where did you land on this? Tessa, why don't you start us off? I'm, I'm a huge fan of sci-fi and suspense and world building and character, you know, building. I enjoyed it. I, I feel like it could have done a bit more with some of the things they alluded to. There's something to be said for not having like an exposition dump. And then there's also something to be said about writing... Uh, something that feels natural and an unfolding of information mm -hmm. that could have been done here. I got to say the child actor, uh, she's amazing. She's very good. I think she helped kind of carry this. The casting's great. The acting's good. As TC said, it maybe went a little long. I would say this very much reminds me of Enemy Mine, minus mm. the alien. <laughs> nope, no aliens. Sorry, gang. I would say check it out. And maybe for the reason that Matt didn't like the ending to Ex Machina. Maybe he didn't like this. I don't know. Oh, oh no, I like the ending of Ex Machina. Fine. Okay. I just, I just thought that the the movie itself was like praised as being really big brain sci fi when it was really just. It could just be a Russian fable about a girl that gets out of a tower. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, Matt. If we really want to get into semantics, any story could really just be put in another setting. If we really wanted to work it a bit. You know? Oh yeah, Star Wars is just knights. Yeah. yeah. Or cowboys. It's, it's just, it's just King preference. Arthur, yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like Settlers is worth scoping out. But yes, definitely trigger warning for some violence towards animals and some assaults. So uh, be aware of that. But I would probably give this like, I want to say 8 out of 10 robot MVPs. Nice. <laughs> 
Meh. I'm a little torn on it because like I thought, like I said, it just, it doesn't hit the sort of expositional sweet spot between too much and too little. You can definitely junk a sci-fi story up with more data dump than you need. But this errors on the side of like, really like you infer everything and it leads you to spend some of the watch time kind of pondering, well, how big is the dome? Can anybody, how come, how, if there's a conflict going on, how come nobody just comes and bombs it? What's, you know, I had a lot of those ADD thoughts while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. On the whole, it's gooder than it is badder, you know? I, th- I think I would recommend it to genre fans. It's not short attention span theater. It's kind of a, a ponderous movie, but I would land a little lower, but not too negative. I would say seven out of 10 open fires. You probably shouldn't light in a closed dome. <laughs> There's only so much oxygen to spare here. Damn they, it. Ma- they burned plastic. That's going to linger. They're just repeating all the problems of Earth on Mars. Way to go, team. I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, the dome is big. For, for the oh, sure. home audience, the dome is at least the size of like a New England state. Like it takes them mm. a couple days to travel across it. But as I said, this is a frontier western. It's rolling vistas and long contemplative silences. It's not exactly an exciting movie, but if you enjoy character pieces, this is great. The performances are really good, particularly from Brooklyn Prince and Neil Tiger Free. And of course, Great performance from Steve the Robot, who is a loyal and good boy. Such a good boy. It's beautifully shot. It has some really good tonal score that I love, and it's already on my writing playlist that I listen to. I enjoy this. It's not spectacular, but I don't want that to come off as I think it's bad. I'm just not sure it has much to say other than humans are bad, (laughs) but we can survive anything by sheer force of will. I'm not saying it needed some grand message or more earth-shattering themes, but it just might not leave the viewer with a sense of awe or wonder. But in the long run, I did like this. I love sci-fi, and I like sci-fi that isn't aliens and explosions and laser blasts. I like movies that study the human condition. So I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10 Mars sweet potatoes not grown from human fertilizer. Thank goodness. Matt, did you find the name of that astronaut oh, from it, it, Armageddon? It's William Fitchner, veteran character actor William Fitchner. I love William Fitchner. Because <laughs> that's what an astronaut looks like, is a, is a step-parent that works out. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, bro, I'm on the Aerodyne every day. You guys should, you guys, <laughs> when, when you guys get your learner's permit, I'm not trying to replace your dad, but you can come golf with us. <laughs> like, that's the exact uh, athletic profile of an astronaut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 